This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Band Biographies. You can find more episodes at bandbiographies.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-D biographies.com. If you enjoy it, why not leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts? Apparently, it helps get the show up the charts so more people can see it, to download it, and then to leave further five-star reviews. Another way you can help is by telling as many friends as possible to give it a download. Please do reach out on Twitter at BandBiogs, on Instagram at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for BandBiographies, or by emailing BandBiographies at gmail.com. But most of all, enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Band Biographies. I'm your host, Tom Austin Morgan, and I'm here to let you know what's been going on since the last episode went out, and what you can expect in the next month. Firstly, I'd like to thank Rich for his time last month. He was so easy to talk to and really enthusiastic. I think we could have easily nattered on for hours about all sorts. A couple of weeks later, he even got married to fellow comic Kate McGann, which he kept very quiet in our conversation. Congratulations to Rich and Kate. They looked fabulous in the pictures posted from their big day. I wish them both all the best for the future. There have been no new reviews on Apple Podcasts this month, which is a shame. I really like reading what you guys think of the podcast, and it helps the show appear higher up in lists when people search for music-based podcasts. So you'd be doing me a huge favour, as well as getting your review read out on this very podcast every month. So please do go to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and, of course, a five-star rating. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, you can always drop me an email at bandbiographies at gmail.com or anywhere where I am on social media. I love hearing from you guys, and I'm always up for a conversation about music. Find all the links in the show notes. I've been really busy this month, even more so than usual, as I prepare to go on tour in Europe with Sham69 for the majority of November. To make sure I'm in a good place financially, I've been absolutely hammering my work recently. In more enjoyable news, I've also been writing and recording with my band High Frequency. A little while ago, I mentioned that High Frequency was on Spotify for you to listen to, and at the time, it seemed our account with Spotify had lapsed. So the album was there, but wouldn't play. 
Since then, High Frequency's 2010 album Welcome to Apathyville is now on all the major streaming services for you to listen to. Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Deezer and so on. So why not search for Welcome to Apathyville and let me know what you think. We're currently recording and mixing a few old songs that didn't appear on that album, which will be released as an EP in the new year, along with a video for one of the songs, Leaving Home, which was shot this week at our regular rehearsal space. I can't tell you how excited I am about the resurrection of High Frequency. It was my very first band, and it's been great to get back with Anton Corky to play music that we love. All three of us are on a real creative flow at the minute, and already have an entire album's worth of new material some of which has been recorded or part recorded already, and it's so much better than anything we've written before. I can't wait for you to hear the songs, especially the two most complete ones, Treachery and Anywhere But Here. I'm so excited. But that's enough of that. And now, the news. NoFX have announced that they will be releasing a new album called Double Album, which actually only has 10 tracks on it, scamps. It'll be out on the 2nd of December via Fat Records. The first single, Darby Crashing Your Party, has already been released, and name checks a whole bunch of 70s TV shows and punk rockers aside from Darby Crash, including Johnny Rotten, Captain Sensible and Gigi Allen. After cancelling their European and UK tour, Rage Against the Machine have announced the cancellation of their 2023 North American tour as well, due to an injury frontman Zach De La Rocha sustained earlier in the tour. A statement on Instagram reads, It's been almost three months since Chicago and I still look down at my leg in disbelief. Two years of waiting through the pandemic, hoping we could have an opening to be a band again and continue the work we started 30 some odd years ago. Rehearsing, training, reconciling, working our way back to form. Then one and a half shows into it and my tendon tears. Felt like a sick joke the universe played on me. As I write this, I remind myself that it's just bad circumstance. Just a fucked up moment. Unfortunately, it is a moment that requires a lot of work and healing. I have a severe tear in my left Achilles tendon and only 8% of the tendon was left intact. And even that portion was severely compromised. It's not simply a question of being able to perform again, but extends to basic functionality going forward. That's why I've made the painful and difficult decision to cancel the remaining shows on our 2023 North American leg. I hate cancelling shows. I hate disappointing our fans. You've all waited so patiently to see us, and that is never lost on me. I never take that for granted. For you, I have the utmost gratitude and respect. To my brothers, Tim, Brad and Tom, to LP, Killer Mike, Trackstar, and the whole RTJ crew, to everyone on our production team, techs, cooks, drivers, assistants, security squad, to anyone and everyone who made the shows thus far possible, all my love and respect. I hope to see you very soon. Tickets for the shows will be refunded, and I hope that Zach gets well soon. Depeche Mode have announced that they will be continuing on as a band after the death of keyboardist and founding member Andy Fletcher earlier this year. The band also announced that they will be releasing a new album called Memento Mori next spring and have also announced a world tour for 2023 that will see them playing North America and Europe between the months of March and August. Now that's commitment. 
Friends of the show and previous guests, the Sewer Cats, have announced that they will be heading out on a co-headlining tour around Europe and the UK in November with All Deep Ends. Forever Unclean will be playing on select dates. The tour starts on the 4th in Stafford and Canterbury on the 6th before they head over to France, Belgium, Czechia, Germany and Denmark and then return to the UK playing Manchester, Glasgow and Dundee. I wish them the best of luck and really hope to bump into them while I'm also on the road in November. Anti-Flag have released a new video for the song Modern Meta Medicine that features Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage. The song is the fourth to be released from their upcoming album Lies They Tell Our Children that will be out on the 6th of January 23 via Spine Farm Records. I expected the song to be heavier than it is. In the end it's a pretty typical Anti-Flag song with a slightly more screamy middle eight. But I'm really looking forward to the full album though. Anti-Flag are currently touring North America. Bag Cop Bag Cop have announced new tour dates for Europe and the UK between May and August 2023 following the cancellation of their 2022 UK and European tour dates in September. Wonk Unit will be playing on all the UK shows and the Venomous Pinks will be playing on all the European dates. Blink-182 has reunited with founding member Tom DeLong. This is the first time the band has played with the Hoppus DeLong Barker lineup since 2015. Since then, Matt Skeber of Alkaline Trio had been singing and playing guitar in place of DeLong. DeLong released a statement on Instagram thanking Skeber for filling in while he left the band, which reads in part, Hi Matt, I wanted to take a minute to say thank you for all that you've done to help keep the band alive and thriving in my absence. I think you're enormously talented. I still love to listen to you and your band to this day. You've always been so kind to me, not only in the press, but also to others. Emotions between the three of us in Blink have always been complicated, but Mark's cancer really put things in perspective. But to be honest, the band would not even be here today if it were not for your ability to jump in and save the day. So from my heart to yours, thank you for being a member of our band. The reunited lineup released a new tune called Edging, more on that later and they will tour in 2023 and 24 with Turnstile opening in North America, Rise Against opening in Australia and New Zealand, Wallows opening in Latin America, and The Story So Far opening up in the UK and Europe. There's currently no word on the status of Skiba in the band's future. Wicked Opossum Records will release a Kinks tribute album called Starstruck, a tribute to the Kinks, and it has covers of their tracks by Wheatus, members of The Offspring, some 41, Riverboat Gamblers, Mikey Erg and more. The album will be available on LP, digitally and on CD on the 9th of December. The compilation is being accompanied by two release shows and two 7-inch singles, each with an alternative mono mix. The Punk Rock Museum, the brainchild of Fat Mike of No Effects, will be opening on the 13th of January 2023 at 1422 Western Avenue in Las Vegas, Nevada. Featuring thousands of pieces including Devo's Energy Dome helmets, Debbie Harry's Vultures shirt and guitars and amps from vans including Rise Against, No Effects and Pennywise that you can play. The museum was curated by a 10-member punk rock collective and Pat Smear of the Germs, Brett Gerowitz of Bad Religion, Kevin Lyman and pro skater Tony Hawk. One more thing to do in Vegas when you visit. After the success of When We Were Young 2022, the festival has announced its lineup for 2023. 
Green Day, Blink-182, The Offspring, Good Charlotte, Rise Against, Thrice, Something Corporate, MXPX, Sum 41, Goldfinger, New Found Glory and Simple Plan are among the many bands announced. The festival will take place on the 21st of August 2023 at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds in Las Vegas, Nevada. Japanese punk festival Punk Spring has announced the first wave of bands for 2023. My Chemical Romance, Sum 41, Bad Religion, Simple Plan and The Interrupters will be playing, though The Interrupters will only play the Tokyo date. Punk Spring takes place on the 25th of March 2023 at Makuhari Messe in Tokyo and March 26th at Intex Osaka in Osaka. Green Day have announced that they will be reissuing the album Nimrod for its 25th anniversary. Along with the album, the reissue will include 14 previously unreleased demos and a 15-track live album that was recorded at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia in 1997. The release will be out on the 27th of January digitally, on 5LP vinyl box set and as a 3CD box set. These box sets both come with a 20-page book, cloth patch and commemorative backstage pass. A previously unreleased demo called You Irritate Me has also been released. Thanks to listener David Ball who tweeted me about this one. Grade 2 have released a lyric video for their new song Brassic. The song appears to be a standalone single and is available digitally via Hellcat Records. It's a bloody good song. I'm really looking forward to seeing if they release a new album soon. I love hearing about new bands, even if they're not new bands really, but they're just new to me. So please do reach out on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or via email with recommendations for me to have a listen to. And you never know, they might even turn up in these episodes. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes have released a video for their new song The Drugs that features Jamie T. It's a really aggressive two-minute banger that claims that you don't take the drugs, the drugs take you, and sees Jamie T sound harder than he usually does. But then you'd have to, to get anywhere near Frank's vocal performance. More recently, the Rattlesnakes have released another song called Parasite, which is slightly slower but no less menacing. I love this band. I'm not sure yet if these are simply standalone singles, or if they'll be part of an EP or album. Either way, more of this please. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes will be touring Europe starting in November. US emo legends Jimmy Eat World have released a video for their song, Place Your Debts. This song, which is a bit of a dirge, also appears to be a standalone single and follows Something Loud that was released earlier this year. Less Than Jake have announced tour dates for the east coast of the US in December. Cliff Diver and Keep Flying will be joining them on all dates. Stiff Little Fingers have announced a UK tour for March 2023. Slim Jim Trio will be joining them on all dates. A statement released on Instagram along with the dates reads in part, Next February I will turn 65, traditional retirement age, although very few people actually retire at 65 these days. It's strange, and once again very humbling, to still be playing this music at that age, so thank you all so much for that. However, I am finding the travelling a bit gruelling these days, so I've suggested that from 2024 onwards we scale that back a lot, so touring from then on will be for much shorter periods. I have no intention of retiring, in fact this is a step taken so I can hopefully keep going for a few more years yet, just not at the pace we normally set for ourselves. In the meantime, here's a full tour, see you up there. 
It's always great to see Jake and Stiff Little Fingers live. I suggest getting a ticket. Jello Biafra has started a podcast called Renegade Roundtable and describes it as this is not a long-running YouTube rantcast, What Would Jello Do? This is Renegade Roundtable, where Jello acts as interview host from hell in all kinds of free-for-alls with his not-so-hapless guests. The first episode features Al Jorgensen of Ministry. UK punk duo The Mefs have announced that they will be releasing an EP called Broken Britain Part 1, which will be out on the 4th of November via Fat Records. Frank Turner produced it, and it'll feature six new songs. A video for the song Wasted on Women has also been released. Canadian Celtic punks The Real Mackenzies have released a new song called Leave Her Johnny, and is from their upcoming album Songs of the Highlands, Songs of the Sea, due out on November 18th via Stomp Records and Fat Records. More bands have been added to the Manchester Punk Festival, No Fun At All, Petrol Girls, On Sinned, Frankie Stubbs, Pew Pew Pew, Kill Lincoln, Hurrijan, Stodge Snack, Me Rex, The Mefs, Jodie Faster, Vaction, Joey Terrifying, Edward in Venice, Out of Love, Music in Our Underpants, Hell's Ditch, Bratticus, Fit to Work, Fidget and the Twitches, Glitches, Dog Heaven, Fucking Angry, Tear Jerker, Chloe Loey Hawes, Boom Boom Raccoon, Partial Traces, Vampire Slumber Party, Other Half, Short on Time, Rough Guts, Melon Ball and Discord will now be playing the festival. They joined the previously announced first wave lineup. The festival will take place on April 7th, 8th and 9th across seven venues in Manchester in the UK. Bikini Kill have announced Australian shows for February and March 2023. The band will also be touring the US and Canada in the spring. Lastly and sadly, Dead Kennedy's drummer D.H. Peligro, or Darren Henley, passed away in his Los Angeles home on the 28th of October at the age of 63. A statement on the Dead Kennedy's Instagram said, Police on the scene stated that he died from trauma to the head caused by an accidental fall. Arrangements are pending and will be announced in the coming days. We ask that you respect the family's privacy during this difficult time. Thank you for your thoughts and words of comfort. I send my condolences to DH's family, friends and fans. And now for some music reviews from October. There were a couple of singles that didn't make the news section earlier on. Firstly, Queen, or should I say Brian May and Roger Taylor, recently released a previously unheard song called Face It Alone in October. Freddie Mercury's vocals were recorded during sessions for the band's final studio album, The Miracle, and, much like the work on there, seems to be the words of a man staring down the barrel after receiving his AIDS diagnosis a few months previously. I'm sure I can hear a few auto-tuned tweaks through what are almost flawless vocal takes, but still clearly demo quality. What really lets the song down though is the music. It makes the song sound unfinished, which to be fair it is. I don't know why May and Taylor didn't make more out of the production to turn this into something more operatic rather than funereal. Face It Alone is not up to the massively high standards of Queen in their pomp, but it is nice to hear a never-before-heard lyric performed by one of the greatest rock singers of all time. As mentioned back in the news section, Blink-182 getting back together with Tom DeLonge is a fairly big deal for me. 
They were the first band with punk leanings that I got into in the late 90s. But Tom's been a bit of a dick over the years, so I don't expect this honeymoon period to last really. And I kind of preferred Matt Skiba anyway, even though he clearly can't play live or sing, which is weird because I'm sure he can when playing with Alkaline Trio. But I digress. Blink-182 released a new song called Edging, along with announcements that they're on a world tour in 2023 and 24. But the tickets are ridiculous. There's no way I'm paying what they're asking to see a band I saw when they were actually vital back in the early 2000s for 20 quid, also in an arena. I have no idea why the song's called Edging either, other than to make crude sex jokes. But hey, what did I expect? The song has grown on me over the last few weeks and has proved itself a bit of an earworm, but I still don't like Tom's vocal delivery or his opening verse. The rest of the song is just fine, but I am interested to see what the rest of the album's like, but also a bit worried. New Metal Hangers-On Disturbed have recently released their title track of the upcoming album Divisive. I have no idea why I keep tabs on this band, they're totally uncool and have never changed their formula. I can only assume it's nostalgia, so sorry, but also not sorry. Slightly more indie leaning now, one of my absolute favourite bands, We Are Scientists, are dropping a new album in 2023 called Lobes. This month they've treated us to two songs on a single release, Less Than You and Operator Error. We Are Scientists create such uplifting, irresistibly funky indie tracks, I urge you to check them out. They were the soundtrack to my university years, they hold such a special place in my life, and not only do they make great music, they're also really funny. And now, album news. Pixies released their eighth album, Dogrel, at the end of September. To my shame, it's only the second Pixies album I've ever listened to after Doolittle, and apart from the greatest hits album, Wave of Mutilation. But I now feel like I need to dig into their back catalogue a bit more. This is definitely a more mature band that have continued to make music that sounds like Pixies, but is more controlled and steeped in myth and literary themes. I like this a lot, and I think I'll get more out of it on further listenings. To be enjoyed like the dregs of a fine wine. The 30th of September was a really good day for music. Also, Boston's finest Dropkick Murphys released their latest album, This Machine Still Kills Fascists. Not your regular Dropkick's album, which is probably an understatement, bearing in mind this is an acoustic album using unreleased Woody Guthrie lyrics and without co-vocalist Al Barr, who is still sadly missing due to family illness. The change in style into folk and Americana is a fresh one and really forces some restraints onto the band, and there are some great results on this album. There are many highlights on show, but they save the best till last, with Woody Guthrie himself singing along on the song Dig a Hole. It's amazing and somewhat sad that Guthrie's anti-fascist, anti-war, unionising words work so well and resonate so deeply today. What a brilliant album. The final album released at the end of September was Slipknot's The End So Far. It's an album of two halves for me. I should really stop being surprised by how musically talented this band is by now, but I always seem to forget. The opener, Adderall, has shades of Bowie and the Beatles, and is probably my favourite song on the album. The next three songs have all been previously released as singles, and are much more typical of what you'd expect from Slipknot. 
As the last album on their contract with Roadrunner Records, they throw in all the signature elements from across their career, which both goes to show how much more mature their songcraft is these days, but also makes the album as a whole slightly disjointed. There's a lot to like on the album, but they've still not quite converted me to an out-and-out fan yet. British alt-rockers Bush released their ninth album, The Art of Survival, at the beginning of October. I'm not the biggest Bush fan, and I don't think this is going to convert me either, but I like to try and keep up with what certain bands are doing anyway. It's a big, sleek rock album with great production, but nothing that really grabs you by the throat and forces you to pay attention, even if Gavin Rosdale seems to be tackling a lot of the problems of the world, which is always something I'm slightly wary of in genres other than punk and hip-hop. I'd imagine if you're a fan of Bush, you'll like it, but other than that, it's background music at best. I certainly can't see it converting any new fans anyway. Something slightly more up my street is the Cult's 11th album, Under the Midnight Sun, which was released on the same day as Bush's album. For my mind, this is one of the best albums they've put out since Love and Electric back in the mid-1980s. It seems that the often fractious pairing of Ian Asprey and Billy Duffy has ignited a spark that has invigorated this band and set the clock back about 30 years, striking a balance between the band's goth past and their more recent commercial rock and roll sound. This is an incredible set of just eight songs that doesn't outstay its welcome and is well worth 35 minutes of your time. A British indie rock band that I only just discovered, The Big Moon, released its third album, Here Is Everything, this month. They're a Mercury-nominated four-piece that appears to be the UK equivalent of Heim. Now, I can hear you reaching for the fast-forward button, and I know that this is predominantly a punk podcast, but I like to showcase music of all genres I think is worth of your time. And this is certainly a band I think you should check out, especially if you want to chill out a bit. And who doesn't want to chill out every now and then in this ever more fucked world? Lay down, close your eyes, and spend 47 minutes in the company of the big moon. Then go back to listening to Crass. System of Down's quirky lead singer Serge Tankian has released a five-track EP called Perplex Cities. See what he did there? Never knowingly resting on his laurels when he's not making crazy folk music albums with random musicians from around the globe, he'll be scoring films, writing poetry, making various multimedia art pieces, and of course, partaking in political activism. Perplex City shows off Serge's eclectic musical palette. It has moments of intense metal energy, as well as soft acoustic numbers and more electronic-based songs, sometimes all in the same song. I'm not sure this is the place to start if you want to get into Serge's solo music. Better to start with Elect the Dead or Imperfect Harmonies. But if you like to be slightly challenged and have a good think about things, Perplex Cities might just be for you. English singer-songwriter Holly Humberstone has released her first full-length album, Can You Afford to Lose Me? But it's a compilation album. It collects four songs from her first EP, Falling Asleep at the Wheel, six more from The Walls Are Way Too Thin, and a new song, the title track, Can You Afford To Lose Me. She's been on my radar for a while now, but I'd not totally invested. I don't know why I didn't, because it's the kind of emo-tinged, introspective pop I'm a bit of a sucker for. If you let it, Humberstone's warm, expressive, tender and vulnerable vocals will keep your attention throughout the emotional journey as each song takes you on. Another new artist to me, 
since I saw footage of him playing at Reading Festival this year and thought he was a punk rock prince, is LA's Dwayne, who released his album My Favourite Blue Jeans, which is a punk metal hip-hop mashup record with features from rappers Poor Stacy and Grandson, electro-rockers I Don't Know How But They Found Me, and pop-punk legends Good Charlotte. My Favourite Blue Jeans showcases Dwayne's charisma and confidence, with his vocals swerving between throaty howls to velvety soulfulness in the seconds between a chorus and a verse. This is a really exciting artist who I do think has a claim to being a prince-like character and performer. Dwayne is definitely one to keep an eye on. Finally, and right back to this podcast's roots, The Damned released the live album A Night of a Thousand Vampires live in London. On October 28th, 2019, the legendary goth punk band played a Halloween-themed show at London's Palladium Theatre, churning through a set that was heavy on their darker goth material. Three years after the show, the group has finally released this brilliant set on CD, vinyl and Blu-ray. The soundtrack is fantastic, but the show, heavy on visuals, is a must-see for even the most casual Damned fan. Singer Dave Vanian is decked out in full vampire attire, which honestly is not that much of a change from the way he's been dressing for the last 40 years, but they also brought out plenty of characters onto the stage, including those from the classic Brit TV show The Hammer House of Horrors, as well as the cast of the UK's The Circus of Horrors, all in full monster makeup. The band, still playing at their best, despite having run through these songs for decades now, is supplemented by violins, violas, cellos and the occasional trumpet that just adds to the ghoulish atmosphere. Among the highlights of this 17-song set are Wait for the Blackout, Grimly Fiendish, Eloise, a cover of The Doors' People Are Strange and an inspired medley of Neat 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 and Bauhaus's Bella Lugosi's Dead. The Damned are currently on tour and frankly everyone who I know who's gone to see them so far has said it's been amazing. Annoyingly, I had to turn down a free ticket because I had a head cold last week, not to mention the serious amount of work I've been doing as well. Damn it. I think you'll agree that's quite a packed episode, and you may well have started getting the inkling that I've not managed to get a proper one done this month. Some interview requests have fallen through, and it's been a bit demoralising. But more than that, I've been playing a few gigs, trying to get my affairs in order to most comfortably do the tour next month, which means that I've been wall-to-wall busy with work, as well as recording with high frequency. So I hope you can forgive me. I'm sure I'll be back with lots of stories next month, almost certainly another episode like this one, but know that I'm itching to get the new documentary to you as soon as possible, and perhaps I'll be able to work on it while I'm on tour. God, it's weird saying that. I'm really excited for it, but also properly scared as well, as it's something I'd never thought I'd get to do. Plus, I've never played so many nights in a row in my life, so that'll be interesting. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Do get in contact about any of the new releases that you may or may not have heard, or ones that I've overlooked. Try giving them a listen too, and let me know what you think on any of the social media sites or via email, all the links of which are in the show notes. Also, please go and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it out next month. Until next time, take really good care of yourselves, see you in the pit, and maybe see some of you Europeans in an actual pit. Goodbye.
thank you for listening to this episode of Band Biographies. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts. Please do reach out on Twitter at BandBiogs, Instagram at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for Band Biographies, or by emailing bandbiographies at gmail.com. See you next time. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.